This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I am Fallon, and I'm here with Mims. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. That's awesome. How are you doing? I am doing well. It's been a good day. It's bright and sunny, even though it's freezing. Very nice. Well, you know, I stepped outside, and I was (laughs) eating my french fries out there just waiting, and I was like, you know what? It's a good day. It it just feels like a good day today. Sun is shining, bag full of french fries. Who can complain? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, what do you got? I saw on Facebook a little while before I came in that there was a shooting in Kimberly. Well, actually, my mom messaged me first. She's like, there's action going on in Kimberly. And I was like, what is it? Nothing happens in Kimberly. No. So she sent me the post and there was a shooting. Somebody tried to rob an establishment and the employee shot somebody and then they ran. And the police were like shutting down roads and searching for a suspect that was shot what the hell i don't know don't rob places yeah because people have guns if somebody tried to rob me i would shoot them yeah absolutely people don't think about the consequences of that i don't think they just kind of like do these stupid things i i can understand a lot of crimes like <laughs> but- <laughs> what crime can you understand i kind of want to know um selling drugs Maybe murder. Maybe murder. <laughs> oh. I'm not condoning them. I don't understand them. Like batteries, disorderlies. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten into fights in my life, and if I got That's like I mean. a battery every single time, I mean, that would have been yeah shitty. So I understand. Like, I understand stuff like that. It, yeah. It happens. Yeah. I mean, but you can't go around like beating people. But I understand. No. Yeah. I understand maybe part of it. Yeah. But, like, I hate people stealing from people. People work hard to yeah. have these businesses, or they work hard to have things, and then people just try to steal it because they don't want to work. But yeah, that's Go terrible. Go to fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to hear something really sad. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't really talk about this this much, but um, maybe, like, three years ago, I wanted to start, like, a dog walking business. Yeah. So then... I, like, posted it everywhere, and somebody reached out and was like, oh, yeah, I, I want to pay for you to, like, be my dog nanny, basically. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. She sends me a check, right? And I cash it. Cash uh-huh. a check. And then this bitch sends me pictures of her black eyes and saying, my husband never approved of this, and I need my money back, otherwise he's going to further hurt me and blah, blah, blah. And basically, the the check never had, like, funds or it had, like, insufficient funds, so they stole money from me. Oh, my God. And it was, like, $2,000. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, like, so for a while, I couldn't even talk about it because I was so angry. But, like, it... She needs a black eye in real life. Yeah. See? That's why I can understand battery. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, if I would have, like, known who this was, it caught him on the street, I would have, like, slapped him with my bag or something. Like, you just don't go around. And I was young, you know, trying to do, like, my own thing. And yeah. I literally lost trust in people. And, yeah, I was doing a good thing. I wanted to walk people's dogs. Like, damn. <laughs> people are shady. Yeah, I was very upset. I do not like people stealing. No. And I knew these people that I went to middle school with, um, they, like, I think it was, like, my freshman year of high school or sophomore year, but they, like, 
same age as me Mm -hmm. they like went around breaking into people's houses like trying to steal their other people's belongings so i'm I'm assuming sell i don't know i don't get it and i'm like and they got caught they got arrested they're like teenagers yeah teenagers do that i don't understand i don't get it i would be petrified to go into a stranger's house yeah you don't know who lives in that house you don't know what kind of dogs they got like i'm always fearful like yeah what kind of weapons they have yeah if they aside are aside from the you shouldn't be stealing right they could rape <laughs> you you know chain yeah. you up in their basement for 10 years and right that's how i think yeah too. <laughs> i think of that too all the time i'm just like you know these i don't know these people they could be unhinged for all i know yeah agreed so yeah that's that's my two cents yeah i Um, agree so i wanted to kind of shamefully talk about the uh what what was it the oscars i guess yeah i don't know what the oscars are for i don't know if it's for (laughs) tv shows or for movies or whatever but so that was happening last night yeah and the whole will smith slapping the shit out of chris rock yeah my god i the joke was the joke was senseless right it was in bad taste it was in bad taste but you can't just go around punching people no and like that doesn't you don't have a okay and then you you don't say anything about her fucking cheatings and people talking shit about that but, like, he says something, which is not cool about her being bald now. Yeah. And he, like, loses his shit. I think she instigated him losing his shit. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? That's what I heard. That oh. he was laughing until she got mad. Oh. And then oh. he got mad because she got mad. I don't know. I would... I think they they need some relationship counseling and isn't she in like the business of giving relationship counseling or like giving her two cents about people's relationships i don't know yeah i've watched numerous red table talks and a lot of it she's giving her two cents of what like on relationships in people's lives and i'm like girl Mm. yeah interesting yeah that's why i just don't really like people get so infatuated with celebrities and i'm just like eh. I yeah. really care for them. After I seen the one with her basically saying what happened with Will on it, and he was, like, holding back tears and just kind of, like, he did not look okay. After that, I stopped watching all of her little shows. I, I know. I felt so bad for him. Yeah, I was like, this is not okay. Like, no, like, she broke his heart. She broke his heart. Yeah. Publicly. Yeah. And now he's slapping people on TV. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like it might be connected. Slapping people on TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of look foolish. Yeah. A little bit. Because this, this person played you so hard, in my opinion, and then here you are slapping people for her. <laughs> yeah, and I thought before the whole cheating thing, they had an open relationship. No, I did not know that. But then, yeah, I have no idea. It's a whole mess. To each their own, you know, if you do have an open relationship. He did not look like a man in an open relationship. Did not, no. So, I don't know how... She was also sleeping with, like, a 22-year-old, so maybe that had part of it. And wasn't, like, somebody that was acquainted (laughs) with her son? Like, that just grosses... And their whole family. He was hanging out with the whole family. Oh, no. That's gross, dude. Yeah. Keep your affairs separate from your family. Yeah, you don't (laughs) shit where you eat. We have lots of advice today. Yeah. Don't steal. Yeah. Don't bring your uh, side dude home no. to meet your kids. D- yeah, please and don't. And your husband. And your husband, because that's and awkward. And then lie about it. Yeah. And then tell him later on national TV. Right, and then just watch him break down and slap people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do any of that. No. no. Um, Treat people with respect. Yeah, like, it's not that hard. No. Be honest. Be real. Yeah. Like us. Like us. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, oh, I have one more thing. Oh, what you got? My coworker, he said that he um, told his friend who does volleyball with him mm-hmm. about our podcast. And she goes, oh, I love true crime and blah, blah, blah. He reconnected with her at another volleyball game and yeah. said, oh, have you listened to blah, 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 us? Yeah. 
and she's like, oh my god, it's on like my favorite rotation. I told five people, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, my heart. I love it. Yeah, it was so amazing. So thank you, Chris. Yeah, that's awesome. Doing the Lord's work for us, so we appreciate you. I love when people tell tell us that they listen and that they think that we're funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> super dope when people are like, you know what, you say some funny sh- some funny stuff, and I'm like... You can swear, it's our podcast. I know, I don't know why I stopped myself. I was like, <laughs> no, I shouldn't sen- say that. And then I was like, what? Yourself. I did, I did. I'm glad you caught that, too. <laughs> oh, my God. You can say whatever you want. Yes. Harry nipples. I'm gonna beep you out. <laughs> beep. <laughs> oh my god. We're way past that. Yeah, all of our episodes are explicit. If you didn't know, this is not made for children. No, please cover your children's e- earmuffs. Earmuffs, yes. I do that to my dogs sometimes. Like, I'll say something na- <laughs> like sassy to my husband and I'll just like cover their ears and I'm like, earmuffs. <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> like this lady is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know who's first. I don't know either. How are you feeling? Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Um, I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So today I'm going to tell the story of Elizabeth Ann Coots, which takes place in the DeForest area, which if people don't know, that's a little suburb outside Madison. My sources today are wisconsincourts.gov, namens.gov, wisconsinmissing.org, and the Charlie Project. Which we love. I do love the Charlie Project. Mm -hmm. The lady that does that site is amazing because how do you compile all the missing cases from the entire country? Oh my god. Like. She's amazing. She is amazing. An angel on earth. Yes. I couldn't do all that. No. I'm hoping she has many people helping her i don't know well that's either true way, she's she's doing in it. my mind she's just like never left her computer <laughs> just constantly like <laughs> oh, oh man. i don't know why that's what i picture but it is yeah, that's fine <laughs> i have my own version of everything yeah yeah but i like your version thanks it's fun yeah <laughs> not very real but whatever so this story takes place back in the year 2000. Do you remember the year 2000? Were you born? <laughs> I was born, yeah. I'm a 90s baby. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was I doing? I was uh, six. So doing, I don't know, six-year-old things. You were probably being bratty. <laughs> I was very kind. <laughs> you were very kind. I, I loved jean outfits um mm. i i love my little jean jackets my um overalls my jean overalls i had oh my god i just found a picture with me in a little jean um bucket hat oh yeah very cute Mm-hmm. all right in the year 2000 i was 16 and i was not good Ooh, 16 year old fallon it was very sassy Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> So, Elizabeth, at the time, was married to Daniel, I think it's Coots, it's K-U-T-Z. K-U-T-Z. Coots, Cuts. Cuts. I'm saying Cuts. Okay, let's say Cuts. Okay. They had been married for 12 years. They had two children together. But the pair had been experiencing marital problems, which led Elizabeth to taking their two children and moving in with her mother in Poinette. On the morning of July 27th, 2000, Elizabeth went to work at her job at Demco in DeForest. She left work at 3.15 that day and never returned to her mother's house. Her family reported her missing later that same day. Wow, okay, so they were on it. Mm-hmm. You'll learn why. Oh, okay. And the police began immediately looking for both the vehicle she had been driving and the vehicle that her estranged husband had been driving. Okay. At around 11 p.m., the village of DeForest police located Daniel's Blue Cavalier parked behind a closed business down the street from her job at Demco. Mm. Around the same time, the Dane County Sheriff's Department located Daniel walking north down Highway CV without a shirt or shoes on. 
What? Okay. Yeah. They picked Daniel up and gave him a ride to his brother's house in DeForest. There, he was located by the DeForest police. Mm -hmm. So they drop him off, and DeForest police pull up like, Hey, buddy, we're looking for you. Where are your shoes? You just got out of the car with the police, and you have no shoes. What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. So they came in, and they're like, Hey, do you want to come with us? We have a few questions for you. Mm -hmm. And he agreed. And after about two hours of questioning, Daniel was arrested for Elizabeth's disappearance. Mm -hmm. So they were on it in this case. Yeah. And when he was arrested, the watch he was wearing was taken by the police and entered into evidence. Okay. And so we'll get into some details of what's going on behind the scenes here that they got to this so quickly. At around 9 p.m. on the night of Elizabeth's disappearance, her boyfriend, she was in a relationship already. Okay. Her boyfriend, Greg Stahl, went to the DeForest police station and informed the police that the two were in a relationship and that he was concerned because he had not heard from Elizabeth and she had not shown up for their date, Hmm. which was very unlike her. Okay. He told them that Daniel was very distraught (coughs) over the breakup and that he had threatened suicide previously okay people don't do that yeah i hate that Mm -hmm. like oh you have to be with me i'm gonna die no you're not no you're not gonna die no you're not it's gonna be awkward and uncomfortable and sad and Mm -hmm. bitter but you're gonna be just fine yeah and these are grown people these weren't like high school people no yeah okay get over it yeah they'd been married for 12 years so (sighs) yeah yeah, they weren't in high school. Yeah. So, Greg went on to say that he had seen Daniel in his car parked in an apartment building parking lot near Demco earlier in that evening. Mm-hmm. He further stated that Elizabeth had complained about Daniel's controlling nature and that she had noticed him following her on several occasions. Mm-mm. And she said she was scared of him. And then the officer investigating was Officer Pertzborn. Officer Pertzborn talked to Elizabeth's mother, and he learned that she had called at 3.15 when she was leaving from work, and she told her mom if she didn't make it home in 30 minutes to call the police. Hmm. Okay. If somebody says this to me, I'm going to be like, can you just wait where you are? Yeah. Yeah. Let me come meet you, drive home with you. Yeah. Or if you're that concerned, maybe call the police and yeah. have them escort you home or check your surroundings. Yeah. Have somebody from in the building walk you to your car. Let's not just call people and be like, hey, yeah, if I don't come home, I'm probably dead. So call the police. Yeah, no. If I got that call, I'd be like, what the fuck? Where are you? Yeah. There's no way that I would just sit still. I'd be like, okay, honey. No, go back inside. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll meet you there. We can go together. Mm -hmm. I'll bring a gun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. So, I'm not knocking Elizabeth's mom, but I'm just saying in the future. You know, there's a little shade, but oh well. (laughs) (laughs) So, Elizabeth's mother agreed with Greg's assessment of this being uncharacteristic behavior for Elizabeth, especially since Elizabeth's mother was watching the kids while Elizabeth was at work. She's like, my daughter did not just leave work and run off with the kids at home. Okay. Yeah. So, Officer Pertzborn begins investigating. And he finds out that earlier in the day, there had been reports of an estranged husband stalking or hanging around his wife's place of work. But when the officers went to investigate, they didn't locate anybody there at the scene. So Mm. it sounds like people at her job had already called that day saying that he was stalking the building. I hate when these cases can be totally prevented. I know. Because you tell everybody and you do everything and... And it's still not enough? No. Yeah. And then they wonder why some people don't notify anyone. They just take matters into their own hands. Right, right. And... Yeah, because they're like, well, nobody's going to really help me, only I'm going to help me. And then either that does work, and then they're like, well, I just killed somebody or, you know, did something. Yeah. Like, to the extreme, or they're fucking dead, too. Yep, pretty much. So, Officer Pertzborn investigated, as he investigated Daniel, he learned that he had previously 
fired a gun at or towards a tow truck driver that he came to repossess his car. Oh, my God. This was sometime in the last two years before this incident. And then while he was at Daniel's brother's house, he observed, again, that Daniel was not wearing shoes. He was still wearing his socks, though, which was grosser to me because when I first thought about it, I thought he was barefoot. Okay. He was walking around in dirty socks. Gross. Yeah. He said that his Daniel's socks were wet and dirty, as were the bottom of his pants. Mm. Daniel's brother reportedly asked him where his boots and his shirt were and what happened to Elizabeth, and Daniel would not answer him. And his brother also said he was very concerned about Elizabeth's whereabouts. Daniel, however, never said he was concerned about Elizabeth's whereabouts. No shit, because he knew. Yeah. Daniel admitted to police that he was very distraught over the breakup of his marriage and that he believed Elizabeth was seeing someone named Greg, which he was right about. Mm-hmm. And to further add stress to the situation, their home and their farm was being repossessed. <laughs> Daniel told police that he talked to Elizabeth in the morning and told her he would probably stop by and see her after work. He said he parked on County Road V to wait for her and that when he saw her car coming towards him, she had pulled over and he got in the vehicle with her. They then drove around talking about their children and their marriage for hours, but he couldn't recall where they drove. I'm sure. But he does claim that they eventually went to Token Creek Park where they had sex in the car. Ugh. This is reportedly where his boots came off. Oh. They had sex. He took his shoes off but not his socks, which is also gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't like socks here. I, it, I think so sex with socks on is weird um are you okay with that i've had them on because i'm too lazy to take them off but if i'm doing like a whole thing yeah they're coming off (laughs) (laughs) i guess in the car maybe i don't know yeah i mean i don't really want to be butt-ass naked in the car so i under maybe i understand the socks in the car okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm probably like what is wrong with that (laughs) So, he says they then talked a little bit more before Elizabeth drove to a nearby stop-and-go gas station, where she allegedly told him she needed to head to Portage, so he would have to walk back to his car. She's like, yeah, I need to go see my boyfriend now, so you're gonna have to walk back to your car. And he just got out, went in the gas station, got himself a snack, and started walking home, which was 35 miles away. (laughs) And then was picked up by police. I love this that. This is he, the story he really, mm, like... No. He's like, yeah, she just fucked me and put me out and said she was going to her boyfriend's house. And even though I really want us to be together, I'm just like, that's okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, so he's real chill about this situation. Yeah. But wasn't he saying, like, that he he can't live without her? Yeah. Okay. But he also doesn't care that she's missing. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah, and he was going to walk 35 miles home instead of going back to his car. Yeah. Like, you can't drop me back off at the car. Right. Especially if we did just have sex. You can't even drop me at my car. Yeah, that's rude as hell. (laughs) So rude. I just gave you a servicing, and then you can't even, like, (laughs) drop me off at my vehicle? Okay. No. Very rude. (laughs) Clearly a lie, but Uh, whatever. Lies. Yeah. And this story also did not match the story that he had told police when they picked him up walking. Because when the Dane County Sheriff's picked him up. That's right. He told them that he was with a group of people at the stop and go gas station. That's the only part of the story that matches up. Okay. And that while he was in that car, an argument ensued and he left and accidentally left his shoes in their car. Why this dude is always taking his shoes off? Yeah, like what's the purpose of, like you just get frustrated and then you just take off your shoes and what does that accomplish? What How does that situation does a man, like I understand a woman, sometimes you're wearing heels, you kick oh, them yeah. off when you get in the car, but a man, I've never seen a man get in the car and take his take shoes off. Take his shoes off, no. Just no. sit there in his socks. Yeah, no, I'd be like, sir, please put those back on. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm really obsessed with this part of the story. Yeah. We're just really enthralled with the socks I'm part. I'm really upset about him walking around in his socks. It's just, it's gross. It's, yeah. It, it's. I don't like feet. This whole thing is no, bothering me. No, I also don't like feet. Um, it 
it horrifies me. Okay, me too. Glad it's not just me. And like when men wear flip flops. Oh yeah, I saw that. You posted something it, about that. It's, it's disgusting. Please don't wear those feet thongs because I will not look at you. No. No. Don't do that. Mm -mm. Okay. So he left his shoes in the car and again started walking somewhere. We do know that he was actually at the stop and go at 921 that evening. I just don't know who he was with. Okay. And then another interesting detail. You know how the boyfriend Greg said that he saw Daniel in the car stalking mm -hmm. near her job. Yeah. Apparently, according to Daniel, Greg had confronted him when he was in the car. Oof. So Daniel's bright idea was to switch cars with his brother. He went and got his brother's car. Okay. So he wants us to believe that Elizabeth saw him waiting for her right. and got in the car with him, but he wasn't even in his car. Yeah. He was in his brother's car. Yeah, this is like Swiss cheese just full of holes. Yeah, this is the worst yeah. lies I've ever heard. Lies. But he, he thinks he's innocent. And you know what really gets me, and <clears throat> I feel like people that commit crime should be a little bit smarter than this but like yep. if you're gonna tell a lie to a, a cop or cops why wouldn't you tell the same lie to other cops especially it's the same day yeah it's within a two, you can't it's forget an that hour or two oh of each other yeah that's just makes no sense to me you should have gotten your story straight while you were walking bro <laughs> in your socks freaking socks yeah how are you gonna walk 30 miles in socks? You just don't. There's no way. No, I'd take off those socks, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why whenever we're like, do you ever see like, uh, like driving down the road or on the highway and just see like some people's socks on there? Oh, they started walking in their they socks. They started walking in the socks and then they were like, you know, this is not a good look for me and it's kind of gross. So I'm just gonna take them off. Yeah. I get so annoyed when my kids walk outside with their socks on. Oh, yeah, and then they walk back in and yeah, like, they got the put socks. Put your shoes on or take the socks off. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's one or the other. Yeah. I clearly have an issue with this. Feet issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the police weren't buying any of this. They immediately arrested Daniel for stalking and for obstruction. And then on August 24th, 2000, he was charged with her death. He would go to trial on January 8th, 2001. And during the trial, Elizabeth's mom, stepdad, and boyfriend all told the jury how Elizabeth had recounted numerous times she had been followed by Daniel. On July 21st, she told her mom he was on her tail all the time. Oh, God. On the 22nd, she said he had cut in front of her and stopped her and was screaming at her about ending their marriage. Oh. On July 25th, she said to her mom that he had followed her to Burger King. <coughs> and on July 21st, she had told her stepdad that she had seen Daniel parked on the street watching and she tried to back out of the driveway. On July 25th, she told Greg that Daniel had followed him home. So he was also stalking the boyfriend. Yeah. And that she saw him when she was headed to his house and she turned around and went a different direction to try and throw him off. And on the morning of the 27th, the day she disappeared, she told Greg that he had been following her the last few days and that she had saw him that morning on her way to work. So she's clearly voiced that there, this has been an ongoing issue for a while and was not safe yeah. by any means. And it sounds like it was escalating because it was every day that week that she saw him. Dude, like... That's so scary. That's so fucking scary. Because I'm sure... I've seen the look in the eyes before, but yeah. I, I bet he had that look of, like, dude, I'm about to snap right now. Yeah. Woo! When people would just stop caring about anything. Yes. Yeah. Like, the whole mm -hmm. reality is not there anymore. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I've had a situation like this with an ex where mm -hmm. they were popping up everywhere I went. Yes. No. My ex was following me, smashed out the windows on my car, stole the license plates off while I was eating lunch one day at Perkins. What so does that I accomplish? Would, so I would get pulled over when I left. <laughs> oh my god, that's some petty shit. Just like, everywhere I went, he popped up. I had to move. Oh. 
my he god he's still harassing me it was a lot so i know how she feels yeah but i did not disappear because thank god i had a bat and a crowbar and a gun so yeah that. yeah i mean <laughs> i'm not playing that shit. it's hard to be you it's know kind scary. of a, a woman out here it is anybody can get stalked it's not like a, a man can't get stalked but like there's clearly a, a body difference and a height yep. difference maybe yeah but that's mm-hmm. just so scary it is and especially when it's somebody that you loved and yes. they had they were together for 12 years yes i mean they're probably together longer than that they're married for 12 years they have two children together she probably they had this whole life that he wasn't like capable of doing something like that just like yeah probably until like this last week when yeah. she started telling everybody like he's everywhere i go yeah so at trial in addition to this stalking behavior his numerous threats he had made to her also came out he told her if you leave me they can bury us all on the hill Ugh. and if you leave me you'll never leave live to see your kids grow up to her brother greg that daniel said if she left him she would not see her kids grow up to her brother david daniel said he would bury them all on the hill if she left him and to her friend sandra bubble said daniel said she would never live to see her kids grow up and they could bury them all on the hill i don't know what hill he keeps talking about i'm guessing on their property yeah and to Rita Wells that Daniel had threatened to kill her and said if she ever left him, she would never live to see the children grow up and they could bury all four of them on the hill. So every threat it's to the every same. person was the same. It's not like people just made this stuff up afterwards. No. My question about this story, no disrespect to anybody involved, but why didn't anybody contact the police? Yeah. I don't know. I like, think a lot of people... If you're in a situation like this, you need to contact someone that can help you. Yeah. I think a lot of people minimize it and just be like, oh, he's upset. But yeah. this isn't just upset. No, this is normal people don't do that. No, no. And, and like, he involved his children in one, yeah. in one of those, or and what in he was saying. Them, yeah. yeah. He's going to kill the whole family. You don't... No. A no. sane person doesn't say, I'm going to kill my kids, and no. I'm going to kill my wife, and we're all going to just be buried together. Like, that's not something that you should just brush off and just be, like, laugh about. No. no. I think there's a big difference between, like, an angry bitch, I'm going to kill you, yeah. to a... You're never going to live to see your kids grow up and I'm going to bury us all on a hill. Yeah, that's, that's like a little bit more thought out. Yeah. That's fair. And like, like you mean it when you say consistent that. Consistent too. Like yeah, he over and really over thought again. about like what he was going to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Constantly probably thinking about it if he told multiple people. Yep. <laughs> I know. That gives me chills. Yeah. And then came the physical evidence and witness statements. So witnesses reported seeing the Jeep Cherokee that Elizabeth drove, turning onto the couple's 180-acre property at 3.35 p.m. on the day of her disappearance. Mm. So they weren't driving around having sex in parks. No. No. Somehow the vehicle went from her job straight to their property. Mm. And they also found the key to Daniel's brother's car on the property. And the Jeep that she had been driving was eventually located in the Meritor Hospital parking ramp. So it went from their property all the way into Madison to the hospital parking ramp. And there was only one lone fingerprint found in the entire vehicle. So the vehicle had been wiped down. Mm-hmm. There was one fingerprint left near the door handle on the outside of the door. And it belonged to Daniel. Which led everyone to believe that he had wiped down the vehicle clean of all of their fingerprints. Yeah. People said, like, she had washed the car on the 26th, but they're still going to have fingerprints from driving to work. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way that there was nothing. No. And Elizabeth's blood was found in the cargo area of the Jeep. Mm. And witnesses placed the Jeep in the Meritor parking ramp as early as around 7 p.m. on the one on the evening of the 27th so the theory is that he brought the jeep there and then he started walking back mm-hmm. he's trying to say he was walking the other from the other direction but everybody thinks he left the jeep there and then started walking back gotcha 
that's why he had such a stupid story. Yep. The prosecution's theory was that he transported her in the Jeep to wherever he hid her body. They've never found her. Oh, no. He still claims his innocence. How? They never found her body. Um, A shovel and a five-point tine were missing from the farm, and a knife was missing from Daniel's car. No. The jury did not believe his uh, pleas of innocence. Okay, good. Because, uh, I don't know. I would have lost it. Yeah. He was found guilty of first-degree intentional homicide, hiding a corpse, stalking, and obstructing an officer, and he was sentenced to life in prison, where he still remains. He got an actual life sentence, not like 20 years. Right, like... like possibility of parole. Yeah. No, he got that. life. Yeah. And he did appeal his conviction, which is where I got most of this information from. Okay. And the conviction was upheld. They were like, no. No. He tried to say they didn't have reason to arrest him or suspect him. Dude, you're walking around in your socks. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You're done. That's my probable cause right there. Yeah. If I see you walking around with your socks, you're smoking mast or you killed yeah. somebody. Yeah. You're <laughs> Jake says that all the time. Like, this person will, like, pull out in front of us and he'll be like, they're probably smoking meth. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, they one, probably are. They're probably wearing their freaking socks. Oh my god! One time, I was at a public pool, and I seen this man. This is gonna freak you out. He's wearing socks. White tube socks in the pool. In the in pool? the pool. In the pool. Like belly in water. Socks. Tube socks. In yeah. <laughs> Your eye just twitched. <laughs> But it did. I can't even. Yeah. There's nothing worse than wet socks. Disgusting. Like, if you get your shoes wet and your socks get a little wet, it's disgusting. How would you go in a whole pool? I understand maybe not wanting to get, like, I don't know, a foot fungus or something like that. But, like, in the. Then you shouldn't go in a public pool. No, no. Stay away from public pools. Water shoes. Water shoes. That's what I was just about to say. They make an array of water shoes that you can pick from. Yeah. Um, socks shouldn't be an option. No. Yeah, yeah. So we're I've not, seen that. We're not getting sponsored by any sock companies. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Bombas. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> no, I cannot do it. Yeah, so that was my tidbit. Thanks. I have one more random part of this story. Mm-hmm. So Elizabeth's mother went on to raise the children. Oh. But Daniel's mom was suing for grandparent visitation fuck no she didn't get it from what i can see unless they agreed to something out of court i mean it's not her fault but Mm -hmm. at the same time i always worry like are you gonna tell your kids that the dad didn't really do it when everybody knows he clearly did yeah and he's obviously convicted of it so like yeah and he's smiling in his mugshot no and he looks like a murderer well yeah yeah, because then you, they might be like, oh, you know, he didn't do it. I wish he would just tell people where he put her. It's obviously on their property somewhere. Yeah. They I'm didn't ever they do, ch- like, cadaver, cadaver dogs or anything like that? Not that I know of. Mm. They just, I mean, this was really quick for a homicide with no body for them to charge and convict. Instant. Like, instantly. Yeah. They were not playing with him. No. But that also leads me to believe if she would have said something or somebody would have said something ahead of time they probably would have helped her yeah because they were on it yeah it's fucking nuts yeah it to me it's crazy that he thinks that he doesn't look guilty as shit yeah (laughs) um yeah (laughs) i don't know what he didn't come up with a very good excuse or alibi or anything like he clearly did it yeah yeah that's my story. Wow, good job. Thank uh, you. Lo- lots of um, feet-related topics. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. Um, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Are you ready? I am. Okay. So, this is the story of Tess Morgan White. I got my sources from... Native American Wilderness, Justice for Native Women, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, 
Fox 6 News, TMGJ4, Ashland Daily Press, and ArgusLeader.com. So this week's story for me is about Tess White, a tribe member of the Bad River Band of the Lake Superior Ojibwe tribe. I was going to butcher that, but I know how to say it. Um, so in her heritage, her name means first breath. And I fucking love that. Yeah, I love that pretty. people's names, you know, in Native American culture always has significant meaning. Yeah. I hate that all of us really have basic ass names. Like, <laughs> there's like thousands. Oh! <laughs> Oh man, I outed myself. <laughs> oh well, you know, it just doesn't really matter anymore. Like Jennifer and Heather and yeah, I'm friends with those names, but you know, you know, whatever. I got a special name. You do. <laughs> so you can't relate. I gave all my kids special names too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know the meanings of all my kids' names. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, she was born on June 30th, 1990, so 90s baby, in Milwaukee. She was a daughter of Lee White and Kim Connors White. Uh, Tess was raised and attended schools in Forest County. Um, She was a beautiful 25-year-old who loved to collect rocks at the beach. She was known to be a fierce traditional Native American dancer. And she had big dreams for her life and wanted to pursue a career as a veterinarian. So just, you know. Sounds awesome. Yeah. I love Native American dancing. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Uh, her great aunt, Charlene Maddish, was quoted as saying, She showed me what love was about and was on the path to fix her life and increase her spirituality. Can you imagine somebody saying that about you? She showed me what love was about. That's so deep. beautiful. Yeah. So, Tess was residing in West Allis, Wisconsin, with her aunt, who she was very close with. And although she was an amazingly bright and beautiful woman, she did run with a tough crowd and had struggled with using drugs. And that doesn't make her a bad person, as we talked about in Kendra's episode. Um, Right. Everyone has their vices and their issues. Yeah. So, not dogging her on that whatsoever. And sometimes a bad crowd is fun. <laughs> you know, we've all had our days. We all have had our days, for sure. On May 14, 2016, Tessa's family hadn't heard from her and reported her disappearance. Her aunt specifically was extremely concerned as she saw Tess leave their shared home in a white pickup truck and never returned. And although she had personal struggles, it was not like her to not be in contact with her family and to never return back home. Yeah. Um, So enters Shanta Pearson and Tiffany Lynn Simmons. And Shanta's a male. I've never heard of that for a male's voice in general, but it's a male. Okay. Shanta and Tiffany, and the latter of whom was a close friend to Tess, and I say that with air bunnies because of what happens in the story. Okay. So they ended up picking up Tess from her home. Tess and Tiffany had a rocky relationship. Uh, they were always, they were having problems at this time um, with one another for a while. Uh, Tiffany suspected Tess of stealing drugs that the three of them were using together and um, claimed that Tiffany would. Cl- uh, pinch their bag and keep a reserve for herself. Uh, Tess, in return, accused Tiffany of using her ATM card and stole about $200 without her consent. So, during this truck ride, the fight escalated to the point that Tiffany and Shanta ganged up on Tess and decided to tie her up and throw her in the back of Shanta's truck. Uh, Shanta then decided to leave to go to his apartment Uh, to pick up some cocaine. He left Tess and Tiffany alone in a parking lot at 81st and National. And even though Shanta did not have much involvement in the actual events that did transpire, I fully believe that he was aware that by leaving Tess and Tiffany, 
together that there would be some sort of violence. Yeah. So Tiffany took this opportunity to fully unleash her rage on Tess. She began by punching Tess and slapping her around and just general degrading of her. You know, she wasn't able to defend herself, so just basically, like, taunting her. But then she started burning her with cigarettes and then cramming plastic bags into her mouth. So just really psychotic shit. Yeah, who does that? I've never thought to ever do that in my life. No. Um, So Tess would spit them out, and then Tiffany would get upset. Then she put a bag and a purse over her head and then started to strangle her with a rope. Oh, wow. So she's fighting to breathe, but then in the result of this, Tiffany ended up strangling Tess to death. Devastatingly enough, they both knew that Tess was 10 weeks pregnant. Oh, no. So Tiffany and Shanta disgustingly decided to end their horrific night by getting drugged out of their minds and acting like nothing ever happened. So they just basically moved on. The next day, they stole a car belonging to Tiffany's mother and a plastic storage bin. They moved Tessa's body to the bin, then hid the truck in Whitnall Park while they robbed a bank using the other car. After the bank robbery, they returned to the truck and headed west. They ended up in Minnesota. They first tried to burn Tess's body, but they miscalculated how much energy this type of disgusting crime truly takes. Yeah. So lo and behold, their attempts of concealment failed. They put Tess's partially burned body back in the bin and drove on until they found a random field in South Dakota and succeeded in a second burning attempt. It was only a combination of fortunate circumstances that solved the case, as oftentimes these cases are hard to crack due to the concealment and moving the body to a desolate, unrelated area. Like, this is states away. Yeah. Two farmers found the remains on May 17th in a bean field in Grant County, but it would take more than a week to identify them. But it did help that Tessa's DNA had been collected in North Dakota when she was at a drug treatment center there years earlier. Along with the body was a blue plastic tub containing two pairs of athletic shoes, lighter fluid, and a cigarette lighter. Janice Maddish Smart, Tessa's grandmother, never lost hope She waited day in and day out to hear anything about the disappearance of her granddaughter. She even kept hearing a Tanya Tucker song, Would You Lay Down With Me in a Field of Stone, in her head. And it's so crazy to me how some family members in situations like these have some sort of inkling of what's going on. Yeah. Janice also stated, I believe Tess communicated where she was on the spirit side. Who would... Who would have ever thought that people, the people who committed the heinous, cruel homicide to her would be caught for that? So she didn't think that they would ever get caught. All right. Janice and the rest of Tessa's family later learned how she was kidnapped, senselessly tortured, and murdered, and that it was at the hands of Tessa's friends that later went on a cross-country crime spree. To me, I, I would think, like, no, this that didn't happen. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Were they smoking meth or just coke? Um, it seems like they had a lot of drugs that they dabbled in, but okay. coke was definitely present there. So, they, there was a partial witness to what transpired on that night. Uh, Shanta's neighbor made a statement that he witnessed part of what was going on. And you think, okay, why didn't you call the police? Yeah. Why didn't you help? Yeah. But it's not that simple. He wasn't 100% sure on what was going on because he was deaf. Okay. So, all he can go off of was their weird behavior. He was even quoted to have said, I knew they seemed scared. This neighbor actually lived below Shanta, and on that night, he witnessed Shanta and Tiffany walk back and forth to their white truck parked in a nearby lot quite a few times throughout the night. And then he was freaked out when he realized later why they kept walking back because the body was there. Yeah. 
So, the pair robbed banks in Minnesota and Wyoming before they were stopped in Denver on May 25th for failing to dim their high beams at ongoing traffic. And I feel like it's always a, the small things, the it little is. things that you don't think that would get you caught that do. Yeah. There was a warrant out for their arrest on May 6th for the bank robbery they committed in Wisconsin. They were caught on surveillance video from a from that, which led them to... So, it basically was just like a coincidence of events that they did this in the state, and then they were caught on camera here. Like, everything mm-hmm. was leading up to what would happen later of them being convicted. Uh, so, one of the pairs of shoes found near the crime scene was identified as Tiffany's using DNA which led to her confession once they were detained by police of of the crime spree. How do you test shoes for DNA? Like, sweat? Yeah. That's gross. Or skin cells. Ugh. Like, that's more feet DNA. <laughs> it's more robbery than more feet. Yeah. Gross. Um... So, despite initially confessing to authorities, both Shanta and Tiffany pleaded not guilty to murder charges in July of 2016. But then, when the trial began in the fall of 2017, um, both Shanta and Tiffany were tried together, and then they ended up changing their, um, changing it to guilty. Tiffany Simmons pleaded guilty to first-degree intentional homicide, and Shanta Pearson also pleaded guilty to the kidnapping and bank robbery. Assistant District Attorney Carl Hayes called it among the three most shocking and appalling cases he's had to prosecute. Quote, it's nothing short of an abomination, end quote. Milwaukee County Circuit Court Judge Carolina Stark agreed and said that the crime was aggravated in its senselessness over some missing drugs or money among a a group of users, which I didn't like that she said that. Kind of, like, sounded like shade towards tests for being a quote-unquote user. Yeah. Like, don't say that. So, Judge Stark also noted that Tiffany had been released from prison 10 weeks before this incident occurred and didn't keep a single meeting with her probation officer. Um, so, she's just a bad person. Yeah, did she have a warrant out already, or the PO was just like, hmm, she'll show up someday. I didn't see that there was a warrant, so I don't know how much there was of following up with that, so that mm. really sucks. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she and Shanta then took White, or sorry, Tessa's body out of the state and tried to destroy her body, almost denying her family of any closure at all, just shows what type of people these they are. Yeah. Especially since they're, not that it makes a a big difference, but these are spiritual people. Like, they believe in certain types of ceremony and burials, and then you're full-on denying that. Yeah. Milwaukee County Circuit Court Judge David Borowski imposed a consecutive 15-year prison term and consecutive 10-year extended supervision term to start when Shanta completes a current sentence for the other crime that she... I didn't look into that because I... Fuck Shanta. (laughs) Um, Tiffany was sentenced to 25 years for kidnapping and being a party to a crime and life in prison without any chance to even petition for extended supervision. Good. Yes. I like those sentences. Me too. It's like, fucking nail them. Mm -hmm. Defense attorney Patrick Earle knew that this was not a question of who had done it. Was it his actual clients? Could there be a reasonable doubt for that? Because he knew that the evidence against them was undeniable. He agreed that the crime was done by his client and or clients and that it was horrific, but argued that it was not premeditated and that it was due to a drug binge by all three parties involved. And I'm sorry, but drug binges don't automatically excuse murder or lead to it right there's plenty of drug addicts that are not killing each other (laughs) yes he noted that tiffany has a mental illness clearly but not like she's a psycho yeah 
and drug issues for 16 years, but he advised his clients to plead guilty as charged and did not try to shift any blame to anyone else. Ultimately, their defense attorney did not have much to work with and lost the case. Yeah. Tessa's grandmother had a ceremonial dress and moccasins specially made for her burial ceremony even before they had found Tessa's body, which just breaks my fucking heart. Unfortunately, even after the perpetrators were returned to Wisconsin, confessed to their crimes, and were charged, things did not end there. The trauma continued and waves of devastation and conflict washed over two factions of Tessa's family from different Native American tribes. There was back and forth over where her native burial ceremony should be taking place, leaving her spirit in limbo. Her funeral was stopped in the middle of the week-long ceremony before it was finally worked out in court while a Milwaukee County judge got involved. That's how serious it was. Oh, wow. Tess's aunt, Charlene Maddish, stated, That's a hole that just won't be filled. It was an awful thing to accept, and there's, there are times I still accept, accept that maybe they may have made a mistake in the identity. Finally, her family were able to lay Tess, Tess White to rest on June 25th of 2016. So, I have some real and horrifying statistics about Indigenous women in the United States. So, Indigenous women and girls are murdered 10 times higher than all other ethnicities. Murder is the third leading cause of death for Indigenous women. More than four out of five Indigenous women have experienced violence, 84% in fact. Oh my god. More than half Indigenous women experience sexual violence, 56%. More than half of Indigenous women have been physically abused by their intimate partners, and that's 55%. Less than half of Indigenous women have been stalked in their lifetime, and that's 48%. Indigenous women are 1.7 times more likely than Anglo-American women to experience violence. Indigenous women are two times more likely to be raped than Anglo-American white women. Murder rates of Indigenous women is three times higher than Anglo-American women, and there are no currently or publicly available reports or statistics for Wisconsin missing and murdered Indigenous women. However, there is a Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Task Force that created a strategic plan and toolkit for those who need it. But that's it. Hmm. So here are some things that you can do to help. Following the No More Stolen Sisters movement on social media to stay in the loop, um, sharing, you know, any causes that they have um, also helps too. If you hear biases about Native American culture and the blame shift onto the victims, address it, um, that it is wrong, and then, you know, give an educated correction too. Right. Oftentimes the biases are rooted from stereotyping and it's just not correct. Right. People just say the dumbest shit because yeah. they don't. A understand. lot of times they don't understand. They yeah. don't know better or they've heard it before and nobody stopped them. Yeah. Be yeah. that person just like, nope, that's not right. Yeah. You should really like read an article or like just read a case story and see like what is actually happening. Yeah. Um, and if you, if true crime is your thing, and I'm assuming it is because you're here, Uh, Look up more cases on Native Americans and create more exposure and get more people talking about these cases, too. Yeah. Just word of mouth and bringing these names and cases to light is so huge. Definitely. And that is my story. You did a great job. Thank you. (laughs) It was um, kind of emotional. You know, this is a really sad one. It is. I hate that they did that to her and, like... They, they disrespected her body that way, you know, burning her and obviously murdering her. Yeah. But, like, being pregnant, too, like, that's awful. It is. And they're supposed to be her friends. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here with us. Another episode, another week. Um, do all the things that we ask you to do. <laughs> 
do the things we tell you to do. <laughs> Please and thank you. Yeah, like, rate, review, subscribe. subscribe. And follow us and send your interesting stories to us at all the sins of wi at gmail.com because we're interested in you. Mm-hmm. You're interested in us. Let's make it happen. Yeah. All Tell right. us some fun stories. Yeah, because we're here for it. Yes. All right. And we love you. Yes, we do. Bye. Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't Don't forget, forget, we we love you. you.